TSIA continues to assert that every industry, every market segment will face digital transformation. To make that point, we are going to click into a very specific market segment, the world of background checks. And for those listeners not familiar with TSIA, we are a for-profit research institute. We are on a mission to help our member companies run profitable technology business models that unlock real business value for customers. In this episode, I will be joined by Victor Sachs, SVP of Service and Digital Transformation at First Advantage. And we will be discussing how the concepts we discuss in the book, Digital Hesitation, are unfolding at First Advantage. So let's get right into it. And first of all, Victor, welcome to Tectonic. And can you describe First Advantage and your role there? Yeah. Hey, Thomas, thank you for having me. I am so happy to be um, with TSA sharing some information today and, of course, continuing to learn and uh, talk a little bit about our journey. You know, First Advantage is a leading global provider of HR technology solutions for screening, verification, safety, compliance. Um, you know, we deliver innovative solutions, you know, and I, I stress the innovation part of that and insights that help our customers manage risk and hire the best talent. We're headquartered in Atlanta, but we really are, um, you know, functioning across the globe with over 28 offices and we perform screens in over 200 countries and territories on behalf of 30,000 plus customers. Wow. And your role there? I lead the global customer care organization, which, which includes our journey to digital transformation, something near and dear to my heart. Okay. Our goal is to really make it easy to get support and be the experts for our customers. And to do so, we're expanding everything from the channels our customers can use to contacting us. We're adding self-service and we're focusing really on proactive and preventative support. Awesome. So I want to talk about a lot of those different areas today. And I want to start with telemetry. So in this book, Digital Hesitation, basically we're saying, look, companies, your North Star is if you have data you've never had before because we have customers more connected with us, et cetera, you, know, you can do things that you've never done before. And so uh, I have to imagine there's more telemetry flying around in, in your world. So how is that helping you work better with customers and take care of them in a better way? Yeah. You know, first, let me say, I love the book, the latest book. All the TSA books are great, but this one really is a great read and many of the points resonate with my own challenges as I'm going through the digital transformation yeah. journey. You know, as it relates to customer care, we really look at the ongoing information we collect from customer care volume, case reasons, and, you know, other aggregated information we collect to make decisions. The faster we can compile this, the quicker we can really get ahead of issues. And then we start shifting to this kind of proactive support mindset. You know, and it can be simple things. It can be as simple as like placing IVR or website messaging when we know we're facing an issue that may impact our customers. It can be email outreach, it can be key contact outreach and, and our executive sponsors can know who they need to reach out to because they're you know, potentially impacted. But you know, ideally, if the issue is resolvable on our end, we wanna solve it before any outreach is even needed. With telemetry and automation, getting to real-time automated decision-making is more and more realistic, more so than ever before. And the real goal is to get ahead of the problem. Avoid the issue in the first place. As we think about real-time telemetry and the right process, this really becomes doable as we go from reactive, which is, I think, where we were, um, to proactive, which is kind of where we are, and now really kind of continuously shifting to predictive and preventative as well. So that's, that's our focus. You know, and a lot of companies are on that journey for sure, right, when it comes to supporting their solutions for their customers. And is there new 
product capabilities or, or what, what's the telemetry that is allowing you to move more to proactive and then ultimately predictive? Is it you're getting information you never had before or is it you're just applying new tools to information you already had? I'm just curious what's enabling that journey. I think it's a little bit of both. First and foremost, it's absolutely getting data we've never had before and getting it in real-time speed, right? You think about the way we used to do things. Usually, you know, call center reports would come out the day after or, you know, you were kind of always looking at historical data. Now, the fact that we can not only look at data in real time, but in many cases, we don't even need to look at it. We can leverage kind of automation and AI and really predict kind of where it's going. We can do this in real time. And the ability to do real time means we can adjust in real time. And that's kind of where I think the, the, the big difference is. It's kind of like the question you ask in the book, right? If, if you got the data, what are you going to do differently? And now we have the data and we're doing something differently with it. Interesting. So I'm curious, do you have actually uh, dedicated customer success managers? And if so, what are their responsibilities? So we do have a customer success team at First Advantage. They are extremely well-seasoned, experienced professionals, and they the focus, like their number one thing, if you ask them, it's really, look, whatever our customer needs, <laughs> we'll do whatever. And that's really cool. Obviously, it's much more focused. They really establish strong internal relationships, first and foremost, really across customer care operations, our product team, our technology team, and they really help to coordinate everything needed to assist our customer needs in the post-sales process. We're all very familiar with the adopt, extend, renew model, very much at the heart of our customer success team today, with a constant view of how do we add and drive value for our customers. In many ways, our customer success team really serves as kind of that single point of contact for our customers. They're building and extending the relationship over many years. And internally, they've taken the role of serving as the voice of the customer. That helps ensuring that our teams across the organization are getting the needed information that our customers are telling us um, to really help improve our process and our products throughout. How long have they been around? How long have you had customer success in place? It's been over five years that the customer success team has been formed and kind of storming and kind of growing and, and really um, kind of working through it. It's really impressive because I just joined First Advantage about a year ago, and I was very, very surprised and pleasantly surprised at how great I think our customer success team and the and the framework of kind of you know um, what where the industry is going and how how quickly they've adapted and adopted to it. Yeah, that's that's good. I'm always curious how long people have had customer success in place. For some people, it's you know it's, it's very new. Others, you know, it's been around for you know over a decade. Yeah. So I want to talk about about creating lower friction and you you know mentioned you're layering on new capabilities to work with with customers and and creating digital experiences becomes very important here. So what are some of the innovations you're pursuing around your, your DCX, the digital customer experience? Yeah, listen, I think it's really about kind of reducing complexity. It, it, you boil it down, it's that simple, right? And that's kind of what you call out as well in, in the book and a large part of it. Making it as seamless and frictionless as possible for our customers and their applicants. So, you know, you've got kind of a a bit of a different persona when you think about the customers we support. I boil it down to one word. And really, when you look at kind of my mission statement, if you will, my vision statement, it's about making it easy to do business with us. And I kind of emphasize that word easy. It really comes down to that simple enough. Let's how do we make it as easy as possible for our customers? So when you think about the opportunities we have to make it easy, When we think about our our core customer, that HR manager, if you will, who's really in the throes of hiring and everything else, we integrate our customers' ATS systems to automate the order process. 
We offer the applicants a truly mobile kind of one-touch experience to submit their info for background checks. We're constantly innovating just by looking at how do we reduce steps in the process. It's not always kind of the big technology innovation. It's really looking at the process and making sure it's as efficient and as easy as possible. But it's convenient to think we know all the answers. The trick is to really know the way our customers see us. And, you know, you often kind of get lost a little bit on the internal side of things, but I think we're really focused on making sure we understand and we know the customer. You know, it's simple. The way I think about it is put, put myself in the customer's shoes, but literally put ourselves in the customer's shoes. So go through it, go through the process, pick it apart, submit our own background check, you know, understand kind of what that experience looks like. And as we do that, you know, we can start thinking about how do we make it easier for the customer to purchase, procure, support. One of the things I do in my role, I call our toll-free number all the time. I want to understand that phone experience, the voice experience, the IVR. And every time I do, I listen to, I, I, I hear it a little bit differently. So you take that kind of secret shopper experience, but it's so valuable because as you deeply listen, you know, you start understanding our customers and their business and what they're looking for. And you start realizing that nobody really understands what PA means, like all our acronyms that somehow end up in our IVR messaging and we understand it instantly, but they don't. So it's sometimes even those small kind of little things. Listen, I mentioned innovation can be as simple as a process fix. And I also mentioned it can be as extensive as introducing these large multi-million dollar projects for tools and technology. Bottom line, it's really about simplifying the process and driving to that easy mindset for our customers. Well, as you know, in the, in the last book, we have this, this chapter, Complexity Kills, and we really believe that. And we really believe that a lot of B2B companies unfortunately have a little bit of a tin ear to that, right? They just feel, hey, it's, we have a complex solution. It just has to be. And so I'm always curious what tactics people are pursuing to bring that out. And so if I play this back, I mean, you, you said, hey, hey, you know, actually pretending I am the customer and trying to use whether it's our website, whether it's our IVR, et cetera, and walking through that process with, with their eyes. Is there any type of customer shadowing that goes on where you say, hey, we well, want to come out and see how you guys are doing. And, you know, again, where we have too many steps or it's too complex. Is that, is that a tactic that you guys have pursued? Absolutely. I mean, for, for, you know, for customer care, it's really easy in a way to do that because all you got to do is really shadow our agents. You sit in on the calls, listen oh, to customers, you really understand kind of what they're doing, what they, what they go through. But, you know, our mm-hmm. customer success team also has regular QBRs. They sit with customers. They actually go through the process. You know, we absolutely want to understand their, their view and their perspective of it. So that's a very big part of it. It's, it's what we call, you know, the, the, the listening intently and listening deeply to the customers. It's also kind of knowing mm-hmm. how they see the process and what they go through. Yeah. And I just think about your solution. I mean, you have, as you mentioned, your main customer are these HR managers who are trying to hire, et cetera. But then you almost have a, a B2C experience because you have applicants that have to use your system, I assume, yeah. right? And, and, and that's very individual. I assume that they have to go and, you know, put information in as well. And so you're trying to make it as easy for them as possible to actually apply, et cetera. Correct. correct absolutely. Yeah. So it's, and, you know, we're representing our client and our customer at that point, you know, it's, it's their candidate, yeah, right. You know, it's become more and more important to make sure, you know, in this great age of the great resonation, or, you know, we like to call it actually great yeah. onboarding. Now, great resonation <laughs> is real. And so you really want to make yeah. sure that you, you start delivering a really strong customer experience from day one. And that starts in the application process. So, we take that applicant experience really, really seriously because we know we're, we're working on behalf of our customers. And so the integration and the ease of use and the, 
ease of getting support when 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 they need it is extremely important to us to make sure we can do that effectively. Yeah, I mean, again, it just struck me in this conversation, the fact that you really actually do have this B2C relationship going on. And if you mess it up, your main customer who's paying the bill is not going to be happy with you right. in terms of, hey, you know, we had this great candidate and they, they just couldn't get through your, your application or whatever. Or they said it was really confusing. And yeah, that's so that's a big responsibility there to make sure, again, that you've, you've got that as, as clear and simple and as possible for folks. Yep. So let's talk about climbing the value ladder and you know the value propositions that you have in, in customer care for your, your main customers. How have those changed over time? Yeah, you know, let me talk about it in the aspect of customer care, you know, because for us really a key component of that value kind of creation and 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 journey is really kind of putting the customer first. It's that customer first mindset. We focus mm-hmm. really internally on our people our process and technology and our customer care team aims to be a really a differentiating factor for first advantage. So, you know, our vision and values really focus on kind of that operational excellence. It's got to be repeatable. It's got to be predictable. It's got to be something that meets the customer's expectation, right? The way we do that is with empathy. We really focus on prevention. We really want to deliver that easy experience, but it also has to be an expert experience. So the way I like to think about it, you know, we want to deliver a world-class experience when it comes to customer care. And to do that, we need to create a world-class customer care team. We've really, you know, since I've come in, we've looked at everything. We've turned over every stone. It starts with recruiting and hiring like-minded people, people who really are focused on the customer. We want to make sure that we have the best quality service we have, and it starts with the people that we bring on and hire. We also want to help minimize attrition. So we're also investing on empowering our people, driving a high performance culture, bringing the right tools and solutions to the table. And as we do that and focus on the employee experience, we know that it will help continue to build out a really strong customer experience. And that's kind of, you know, continuing that value creation. We've really challenged ourselves to look at our process, our tools, even the way we're structured today and organizing ourselves. I talked about like naming conventions, but, you know, sometimes we often create this like very complicated org chart where it doesn't really make sense. It's not aligned to the customer. So that's, that's another example of some of the things we're looking at. How do we organize ourselves? How do we focus on the things that really deliver value to customers? So we consistently look at every decision we're making, whether it's an org change, whether it's a project, whether it's, you know, whatever else it needs to be, is it really what's best for our customer? That's like the, that's the number one question I will ask, right? And I will ask myself mm-hmm. and I'll ask my team and my partners and, the, you know, anybody we work with. And if the answer is no, or maybe, or really this helps us and that kind of stuff, it's the wrong answer, right? It's really got to make sure that first and foremost, it's good for the customer almost every time. If it's good for the customer, it's good for the company. So we're making sure that that really is our focus. And how do you think over, and I know you weren't there when customer success started five years ago, but how do you think the value is changing in the eyes of the customer when they work with your customer success managers? So as as you invest, again, in time and treasure, right, and having the right skills and the right processes and the right technologies, how how is that changing how your customers leverage that capability? I'm just curious. Do you see see anything migrating over time there or... The way I like to think about it, it's like the trusted advisor concept, right? As we start doing this and really focus on the customers, we understand, we're listening intently, we really know what what our customers are going through. I think we start building trust with our customers. And as we do that, we start acting as a trusted advisor. As we can act as a trusted advisor, our customers kind of really understand and believe that we have their best intent in mind. And as we do, we can really become more of a partner. 
and less of a kind of transactional vendor or whatever it is. And, you know, I'm so impressed coming in here and seeing kind of those kind of relationships we've built with customers where we do share best practices and understand kind of, you know, you know, how we need to change and innovate and grow to better serve our customers. And as they see us do that, they start trusting us more and more, allowing us to really kind of help not only with what they have today, but how can we help kind of expand the portfolio and, and, and solutions that really benefit our customers to do a better job. Mm-hmm. Our tagline is, is, is really a, a very cool kind of simple tagline, but I love it. We say we want to hire smarter and onboard faster. We want to help our customers hire smarter and onboard faster. Yeah. And, you know, hiring today is complicated. There's a lot that goes into it, yeah. from background screens, drug tests sometimes, ongoing kind of verifications and validations. And so there's there's more to it just that one singular event. And I think that's kind of where we really want to help our customers throughout that life cycle is kind of understand that we are going to be that partner to help them through that whole process, even when they have that candidate on board, part of the kind of the ongoing stories, you know, we can still add value. I-9, for example, and, yeah. and other things there as well. So as I, as I listen to you, and again, I think a lot of technology providers are are on this journey and, and sometimes, you know, I use this phrase of, you know, you know, what's your mission, right? And people are attracted to a, to a mission, not necessarily just to, Hey, we've got, you know, a platform or some technology. And so, it, you know, at a base level, you could say, Hey, look, we can go in and transactionally run background checks for you. We can do that. We've got the technology, we have a platform, or we can be a partner that is all about helping you, like you just said, you know, onboard, get great talent. That's our mission is to help you as our customer achieve that in a highly competitive labor market. And that's a very different perspective, you know, in, in terms of what you're bringing to the table. It builds a different relationship, but then you have to lean into that perspective as a company. But yeah, I think a lot of people are on that journey of, of am I coming to the table and and in your case, speeds and feeds might be, yeah, we can, you know, complete a background check in X amount of time and it's going to be X amount accurate and blah, blah, blah. That's not the mission. Right. <laughs> the mission is helping people really get great talent. So, yeah, so I, th- I think that's great. Let me um, talk about partners. Sure. So I know that you have relationships with SAP and other folks that I saw on, the, on your website there. How is that, you know, relationship changing, you know, again, as, as you go through more digital transformation, as they go through more, how's that handshake changing? You know, I, I'm going to bring it back a little bit. It's going to sound a little bit repetitive, but really it's at the end of the day, we want to reduce complexity, right? And much of our ability to reduce complexity is how well we partner integrate with the ATSs and the ERPs out there that our customers are using and are comfortable with today and that are fully integrated within their own environment, right? So the goal for us is really allowing to partner with the right companies to allow our customers to stay in the working environment that they know, that they're comfortable with, that they've already learned, that they've already adapted and modified and customized their own kind of business processes. So when we talk about how, you know, we want to make it easy to do business with us, this really resonates here because we interface with key partners and strive to really create a seamless environment, whether onboarding a new client or continuing to work with a long established client. We want to give them the ability to work within their tools that they're using today mm-hmm. without necessarily having to learn a new one. By doing that, it's an opportunity to help create a seamless environment and eases the ability to submit orders. That's always a good thing too, right? If it's easy to submit an order, yeah. maybe you'll even submit more orders, right? And, and that kind of stuff. So there's right. a, a, a certain benefit there of doing that as well. And you know, when we do that right, we make it part of their existing process today. 
you know, whether we leverage existing pre-built connectors or build out specific integrations with the tools and systems our customers use, that seamless integration that we drive also helps us feel more like a partner than a vendor, kind of what we were talking about a little bit about earlier. And it's that yeah. partnership yeah. that we have not only with clients, but it is with the large players today. You mentioned SAP, Workday, others as well. Mm-hmm. And do you think that technically that type of seamless integration is getting easier out there to do than it was, you know, five or 10 years ago? Or is it what, what you're thinking there? I'm just curious. You know, I think, I think on one hand, yes, it's getting easier. There are more connectors. There's more open interface. We're driving to more standards as a, as an industry, yeah. if you will, around yeah. integration. On the other hand, yeah, yeah. environments are getting more and more kind of diverse and dispersed and, and, you know, yeah. so it's, it's, a, it's a mix. It's a bit of both. It's a push and a, it's a push and a pull. Yeah. yeah. Well, certainly also then you've got security and you've got legal considerations. You've, nobody wants a leak or anything like that. So you got to make sure you do it. You do it right. You verify and you, you kind of make sure you're, you're not just taking the easy way, if you will. And we don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, on the theme of complexity in people's environments, I mean, it's a day when there's only so many big pieces of software around. And so, hey, I'm an SAP shop and I'm doing probably about everything I need to do, you know, within that environment. And to a world where, and again, with the rise of the business buyer, there are so many freaking tools and this and that, you know, now floating around. And and like you said, technically to integrate them, it's getting easier, but all these tools flying around just creates this, it's again, push and pull creates, you know, the the potential for a lot more complexity. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out here over over the next couple of years. So your title includes digital transformation. Mm -hmm. And, and so what are the key initiatives that you're managing that are related just to that? Yeah. Well, you know, when you think about customer care, especially kind of in our industry, it's always been very transactional, very manual. You know, it's really kind of like, all right, let's get to the one issue. Let's resolve it, move on. We're not learning from it. We're not growing. We're not adding really kind of real value. We're just kind of being reactive, right? We looked at how we can do better, not only from within our industry, but we looked at how some of the best companies in the world serve their customers. And that's what we're aspiring to, Right. So for me, our digital transformation customer care is about making it easy to do business. I'm sounding like a broken record, but it really is mm-hmm. that simple. How do we make it mm-hmm. as easy as possible? You picked up now on the easy theme that we've got going on. Here. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept in your book about reducing complexity. And that's really kind of the, just a different way of calling it. The yeah. more we can reduce or eliminate that complexity through our digital transformation, the more successful we will be. That's the way I'm kind of thinking mm-hmm. about digital transformation. It starts, you know, in customer care, for example, by creating a a true omni-channel experience that integrates the web, phone, email, chat, other communication channels that a customer decides to use. We empower our agents and give them relevant information, and then they become experts who can help our customers regardless of which channel they use. And, And that's really important, too. And by the way, our customers have told us that. When they do choose to speak to us or reach out to us, they expect us to be the experts. So we have to empower our agents and train and cross skill and make sure they've got the right tools at their fingertips to be those experts. That's really how we transition a large part of that. It then goes to kind of creating real self-service options, not traditionally something that this industry has been really focused on, but you know, by creating self-service options, you open up your knowledge base in a secure way. Obviously you present that information to customers. You give them the same information and tools that are available to our agents. In many ways, our customers will prefer that. You know, I know I prefer that when I do business with my bank or fly, I don't want to call anymore. I want to be able to do it myself. If I'm given those tools and that information at my fingertips, I will more often than not choose to do it that way. You know, finally, it's really taken on you. We talked about telemetry earlier. 
It's taking all that customer data we collect and acting on it. It's really the shift from reactive to proactive, really kind of making sure that we are using best practices, we act on the trends we see, and we do it in real time to now become more predictive and, and preventative. One of my previous bosses, my favorite quotes, he said, the best support experience is the one that never happens. And you don't get credit for that right. one. You don't, you don't chalk it up. It's not in your, in your metrics, but it, you know, it's not a case, it's not a right? case. but you know, if you can avoid that support experience, it really is the biggest win, the biggest win for the customer, the biggest win for us, because we're reducing kind of the need to do that. It, it really kind of allows us to get ahead of it. It's something that's, like I said, hard to measure and manage especially in the growth environment. And, you know, I love the fact that we're in a growth environment. Last year, we had our greatest kind of biggest year ever in, in terms of growth. And as we continue to build this foundation of digital transformation, that's what our focus will really be on. The proactive support shifting to really preventative support. And that's, I think, the next frontier for all of us. That's, that's the big opportunity. Well, I, w- I want to pick into this example you used about, you know, working with the bank, working with, you know, airlines. And it's like, I'd rather do it myself, right? I'd rather be empowered to do things myself. And I talk to a, a lot of tech companies about this gap between B2C and B2B and how it cannot stand. Because in, in the B2C world, I mean, because there was a day where, where we had to, you know, talk to the airline agent and I had to go to the bank to do any transactions. And we are now empowered and it's easy for us to do. That's the key thing. Right. They, you know, they gave a lot and don't tell me there's not a lot of complexity that was there, right, that they had to ring out and make it easy. And now that you do that, I mean, we all shudder of having to talk to an airline agent, right, or having to go and stand in, in the line. And when it comes to B2B, so think about, you know, you have HR managers that are using this industrial strength application and they have a problem in, in the models. You got to call and you got to talk to somebody who's really expert in saying, look, maybe they want that same type of app capability. Like you said, give them the power, make it simple so they can go in and, and they will self-serve because it is going to be faster for them to do it that right. way. And we've all been trained to be empowered this way. And so I think that for a lot of B2B companies, they really need to get excited about that potential. And you think historically about self-service in tech, but that was really techie people going to your support portal, right? And getting some tech information or logging their case and whatever. And that was our, you know, self-service. This is, this is empowerment. This is a different concept, but you've got to ring out the complexity to empower those users to do things them themselves. So I think there's just so much potential there. And again, I, my gut is a company like yourself that has both a B2B and truly a B2C component in your serving, probably going to figure this out earlier because you, you're, you know, because you're working in both of those environments. So it's going to be interesting, you know, to watch your journey here over the next couple years. Absolutely. You know? And I'm curious, how long has the company been thinking about digital transformation? Is, is this a, a new journey or how, how long? A long time. So, you know, I'd like to think, and I, I think we have been really, we're, we're like kind of pioneers, if you will, in our industry, industry leading solutions, really leading with technology. We've really been focusing on simplifying the process from the ordering to procuring to fulfilling and delivering screening solutions to allow our customers to hire smarter and onboard faster, right? So this has been going on for years. It started with our product and kind of went down the path from the customer care group and really kind of the transformation I'm focused on now. It started before I joined, but really taken a life of its own over the last year because we're catching up a little bit. We're realizing that, to your point, this is not a techie thing. This is not a trend. 
this is what our customers want. This is what our customers are telling us they want, both the B2B and B2C customers. There's a need there for, hey, I just want to get my service as easy as possible. I want to do it on my own. Empower me. Give me the tools. Give me the technology, right? So it's something that's been been going on for a while. Since I've joined, I've really kind of made it our top priority in customer care. And it's something that will continue. That's the other thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, digital transformation doesn't end, <laughs> and at least in my yeah, opinion. It's not like it's, it's, not, like a, it's not like a two-year it's project. It's not. It's really a continuous improvement journey. Every time you get to the finish line, the start line moved way forward, right? Because yeah. the world is changing yeah. around us. Technology, tools, and then kind of just, you know, everything from pandemics to who knows what's next. Things are changing and changing rapidly, and we need to adapt and, and stay current. Change needs to become our friend. And I'm, you know, I've become much more comfortable with change than I have ever had in my career. I think we all need to be thinking like mm-hmm. that. I want to think and, and for us, it's, it really isn't just being as good as others in our space or in our industry. We really want to push the envelope to meet and exceed our customers' expectations, which Thomas, I think, you know, like is changing over time. You know, we've seen kind of customers yeah. demand more. That value equation continues to shift right. It's get bigger and bigger, and we need to continuously drive to those expectations. So that's kind of why I'm saying digital transformation is an ongoing initiative where we will continuously innovate and automate our processes with the constant goal of making it as easy as possible to do business with us. Yeah, and, and I think on that journey, you just said something that's it's important, that it's not about being as good or a little bit better than our competitors. Because I think that yeah. a lot of B2B companies have a tendency to get very fixated on what their top competitors are doing on anything. You know, let's pick on self-support or let's pick on you know what they're doing with the digital experience. Or, and, and the bar is what my direct competitor is doing. And I think that's the wrong bar. Yeah. Because if the journey in the mission, like you said, is we're just trying to make it easier and easier to do business with, right? To wring out the complexity, then you're looking for examples everywhere. Again, you know, well, hey, how did banks do that? How did airlines do that? I had a great conversation with a guy who's going to speak at our next conference uh, around customer experiences. And he put something on the table, which is so simple and I never thought about. You know how amusement parks have figured out how to entertain people when they're in these long lines? And they have these you know, things going on. And it's gotten to the place at Universal Studios for the Harry Potter ride that people will go through the waiting process, which is about 45 minutes, because it's so interactive and not even get on the ride. Wow. So his point in this is he said, when you know the customer has to wait, how do you take advantage of that time? And he gave a great example when it comes to B2B. He says, you know, somebody just purchased your technology and they made this big decision. They made a bet on you. They're going to make an investment. And once that deal signed, on our side, we're high five and we're all happy. But whoever signed it on the other side, they're nervous. They're nervous because they're like, hey, I just made maybe a, a career good choice or bad choice, right? I'm betting on this technology, this supplier. And so they're nervous. And then they have to wait now, right? Because you got to wait to start and to get things going. And, and what do we do with them during that waiting period? Typically nothing, right? And his point was, you know, we could be reaching out. We could be sending an email congratulating them on their good decision. We could be sending them a, a bottle of wine saying, we're so glad you're part, you know, whatever. But we could, during that waiting period, we could be creating an experience. And I put that whole story on the table because 
that's a lesson we can learn from a completely different industry, the entertainment, you know, the, you know, the amusement parks. And that's, I think, where we should be scanning, right? What do other industries do to really create a great customer experience, to make it simple, to have people enjoy the entire journey? And I just think we have so much headroom in tech if we, if we look broader than just our direct competitors. No, I, I love that. And I think it's, it's also kind of that not just putting the horse shutters on, right? And kind of just thinking about what's right in front of you is kind of looking at the whole process, right. the whole journey and yes. kind of looking at things that in the past were like, well, you know, nobody's really going to worry about the line and how long the line is. And we don't have to entertain them during the line. All of a sudden you're doing something right. so different, which is really kind of changing yeah. the game. And that's awesome. I love the way you, you, you kind of bring that up. My head's yeah. spinning now just thinking about ideas. Yeah, exactly. We've got a lot of potential out there, yeah, I think. Awesome. So well, I, I really appreciate your time today. I think it was a great discussion and helps make the point that every industry, right, whatever your market segment is, is being impacted by digital transformation, by, like you said, the starting line keeps moving. And so I'm going to end with my question of the day. Reducing customer complexity, leveraging telemetry, creating a better digital customer experience, scaling customer success. Which one of these levers are you pulling? And by the way, the answer in the back of the book, it should be every one of those levers. Cheers.